Welcome home, everybody. This is the Residency Podcast. I am Jeff Tomasi. We got Drew Belcher and Lil Raven here. Yep. As always, uh, we are here in Las Vegas bringing you our takes on the biggest story in entertainment, business, hospitality, and pop culture. Diving into it. As always, episode 29. Woo! It's not just us today, though. Nope. It's not we got a guest. We got somebody. We got somebody. We here got we to- go. So if you want to know anything about hospitality, restaurants, how this, this side of the world works, we have a huge special guest today, Some of the, the owner of some of the hottest restaurant concepts in Las Vegas and the country, in my opinion, too. Uh, Herbs and Rye and Cleaver owner Nectali Mendoza is in the building. Well, Thank yes, you for joining yes. us. Everybody, let's welcome, go, man. Let's welcome. get in this. It's, we haven't had a foursome in a while. Yeah, we haven't had a guest yeah. in a minute. Yeah. yeah, and we came back with a zinger. Yeah. These restaurants are fire. Yeah, seriously, we've been doing it ourselves. This is nice. Uh, Herbs and rice been my my eat it. I think once and my drink it once. Yeah, so nine times. Yeah, nine yes. times. So we do a seg- <laughs> we do a segment at the end called Eat a Drink and Binge, where we recommend things to eat, drink, or binge, like consume. You know, whether it be TV, media, movies, whatever it may be. Nice. And we even shouted out Cleaver and. Uh, herbs arrived yep. multiple times. 100%. Yeah, Big favorites. So, so thanks for coming on here. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get into all sorts of stuff today, too. So be prepared. There we go. I got all sorts of crazy shit on this laptop. I'm going to throw it People your way. People getting too. indicted today. You never even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so you guys know, none of this is edited, too. So he has no idea what's coming. This is a whole tidal wave of craziness. Um, let's go in there, too. But this is going to relate to anyone who's interested in hospitality, interested in restaurants, loves restaurants to go to, work into. So this has a little bit of something for everybody, too. Um, but first, before we get into all sorts of crazy questions, give us a little bit of background. Background. You said you were born and raised in Las Vegas. Born and raised in Las Vegas, which we love too. Las Vegas headquarters. This is who well, not we born are. and raised. I was born when I was two months old. Okay, two okay. months old. So, so born and raised here. Yeah. Ah, wait. So you have him two months beat, Drew. I got him two months Drew's beat, baby. Big, Let's go. Drew's a big born and raised <laughs> yeah. type of guy. There's an asterisk ahead of there your thing go. now too. There we go. No, my mom got pregnant here. Went back to Mexico. Had me, so I have dual citizenship. And then came back. Got it. Okay, nice. that's great too. Yeah. So, that, so how did you get into the restaurant business then too? Obviously, if you're born and raised in Las Vegas, you've seen a lot of changes over your years. Yeah. How did you even get into the hospitality sector in the beginning too? Luck. Okay. Hundred percent luck. Is that uh, good luck or bad luck? It started off as, <laughs> I'm guessing, good luck. Okay, okay, now, good. Uh, No, long story short, man, uh, a lady by the name of Karen Ciccone, uh well, there was a guy named Robert Mendoza. He actually owns uh, Banger Brewing downtown. Okay. He basically got a job at the Bellagio when we were like 17 turning 18. Okay. And long story short, I was like, yo, how the fuck did you get a job at the Bellagio? Like... We were just into some weird, weird sh- like weird shit at the time. Yeah. For sure, like we were not the best. And Bellagio was like the fancy, cool, like bro, like yeah. We had never money. left that neighborhood. Like yeah, I yeah. grew up in North Las Vegas, Civic Center, and Owens in the Third World Projects. Right, yeah. so it's like wow, North Las Vegas, the, the hood for the people listening yeah, that don't know North Vegas. Las Vegas now. Is the, North Las the, Vegas then was uh, who knows where the where the lights don't shine. Yeah, so that's where I'm from. Um, so he got a job, and he was like, "Yo, call this number." Um, for an interview. I ended up getting an interview with a lady by the name of Karen Ciccone. And long story short, man, she left me in a cubicle for nine hours. She forgot about me. Oh, She felt so bad you think, for me. You think she actually forgot about you? Or was this a technique? No, no, no. She forgot. Nine nine no, she like, forgot, bro. This nine is like hours. an interrogation yeah. technique. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give him yeah. the nine, nine hours. hours. No, it's like she, a whole she, cell. No, See you at dinner. I wasn't going to get the job when she interviewed me. Like, okay. She asked me like three questions. I was telling you earlier. Yeah. She was just like, I forgot what the two questions were. I remember one of them was like, yo, where do French put the silverware? 
I was like, oh, fuck, on the table? On the table, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Just a smart answer. Great. Smart answer. So, yeah, I thought I nailed it. Not yeah, wrong. Obviously not. Where else? And then uh, she ends up leaving. She does, like, a bunch of other interviews. And uh, eight, nine hours later, she came back, asked me who I was. I'm like, oh, Nick Tally Mendoza, here for my interview. And uh, she basically told me I was full of shit and to leave. So I left. I didn't want to be rude to her, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I ended up leaving on the way out. One of the girls at the door was like, uh, yo, that kid's been here for like, I was like 17, turning 18. Yeah. Um, and she was like, yo, that kid's been here since eight in the morning. He was standing out front. He was like one of the first people. I don't know what she said. So I started walking down like, I think it's like Dean Martin now or that we're all like, we're deja vu and all that. Yeah, yeah. The interviews were in these like fucked up ass cubicles, Bellagio, messed up ass cubicles behind the, uh, the Mirage at the time. Yeah. So I ended up walking down and she like, I left, and she pulled up in, like, a Mercedes, and she's like, get in the car. And I was like, nah, fuck that. She's like, get in the car. And uh, I was like, nah. That's crazy. Because she had left her purse in the cubicle, so I'm like, oh, not a, I didn't get the job, and she probably thinks I stole some shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going to jail, and I don't got the job. <laughs> yeah. This is a fucked up day. Um, but no, she ends up, I end up getting in the car. I forgot how she said it, but I got in the car. Uh, she took me back, and uh, she asked me where I was going, what I was doing. I told her that I was... I had a dollar twenty-five in my pocket. I had no money. That's why I waited there. Um, and what was in there was better for me than what was out in the world. Um, yeah. So she, I think she just got kind of quiet. And then she's like, "Well, where were you walking right now?" And I was like, I'm, "I was going to Burger King. I was going to order a ninety-nine cent Whopper because I have a dollar twenty-five. I was going to order a, a, a cup of water and fill that bitch up with Sprite." <laughs> yeah. Smart. And Smart. She started laughing, and she's like, "You're being a hundred percent serious." I said, "Yeah." She goes, "I'm gonna give you a job." In the words out of her mouth, she says. I'm going to untie your hands, but it's your job to swing at the world. She gave me a job at uh, a restaurant called Olives as a glass polisher. And at that time, Bel- Tony Boganum was running the Bellagio. So I, got awesome. be- I was polishing glasses for the number one bar in Las Vegas at the time with all these like, legendary bartenders. That's rad. And then I got handed a book on how to bartend, and you know, the rest is history. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Wild. But that's, that's really kind of necessarily a lot of similarities to how the – like success of people in hospitality, if you look back on it too, if you ever talked to anybody too, it's like, hey, I had the lowest job that was offered, right? You know, I didn't yeah. start, no one starts as an owner or CEO or whatever, yeah. maybe too. No. Like, hey, sure. I was a busser, I was a, you know, a, a, a bar back, I was, you know, whatever it may be too, a host or anything like that. That's just how it all starts, right? Everyone thinks it's all oh, romantic sure, in the and very it's, beginning. It's taking that opportunity and just running with it for whatever that end goal is. There probably wasn't an angle at the time where I said, like, I just need a buck in my pocket. Yeah. Oh, taking yeah. that advantage of that opportunity I was just going. to get out the situation I was in, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to get out of where I, because I knew where I was at was messed up, mm-hmm. you know? So I just wanted to get out of that situation, but I ran with it, man. That was it. I ran with it, and then uh, I was there for four years. Um, I learned a lot from, uh, from a lot of good bartenders there and a lot of good people there, and it, it, she actually coached me um, to just be a better human being. She was real strict. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, she told me one day, she's like, you're going to listen to everything I say. I'll never degrade you as a human being. But you, if I tell you to jump, you're going to do it. And yeah. she goes, and, and that's that. And what was her role at the time? Was she like, like She was a better? general manager. The GM, okay. Oh, shit, okay. Um, of Olive's Restaurant. So, yeah, but I remember the first day, I'm like, I was eating. Like, Olive's it's, has been around for so long, too, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. done now. It's closed now. Yeah, classic. Yeah. So, I remember, like, I, like, I'd be eating in the EDR. You know, yeah. We never had, like... It's a buffet. Like a buffet. <laughs> it's yeah. a buffet. Like, bro, we're about to put some weight on him. <laughs> yeah, EDR is crazy. And they got go, shrimp. Dude. Like, whoa, yeah, we yeah. made it. Crazy. I might take some shit home. It is free, bro. <laughs> yeah, Let's free. go, dude. EDR, some of the EDRs are taken out of our check. Let's oh, go, oh, dude. Yeah, and like, she would like, 
pluck me in the back of the head. And she'd be like, you know, sit up straight. You bring your fork to your face, not your face to your fork. Yeah. Stuff like that. Iron your clothes. Act right. Everything you say has to be in full sentence. Like, yeah. don't, you don't answer, yeah, yes, what? It's like, absolutely, I would love to do. She was just very strict. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up getting sick about a year later after I opened up Olives and she passed away. Um, but at that time, I'd already kind of made a move of like, I love the beverage. I got hooked on the beverage industry quick and fast. So um, I started working with a guy named Michael Mack, Todd Parmley, um, Alex Rodrigo, Tony Baganum. And I just started reading a bunch of books, and it just kind of went from there. And three, four years later, a guy named Sassone walks to the bar top. He's like, walk out right now, and I'll give you a job. And I started laughing at him. I was like, <laughs> that's the shittiest way to hire people. If I walk out right now on them, what makes you think I wouldn't do that shit to you? Yeah, facts. And he was just like, I'm going to hire this kid. Damn, yeah, damn, right. damn. So he fucking hires me. I quit my job. He forgets that he fucking hires me. No. And then Andy Massey <laughs> is just like, give the kid a fucking job. Yeah. So Andy knew another guy that I knew that I was working for at the time. And then I was, I was always real, I was real cool with Andy and yeah. Andy always really looked out for me, but he put a lot of pressure on me. Um, and then I was with them. We opened up light caramel, mist, fix, stack, everything. And then about two years after that, three years after that, he was like, yo, you're going to take care of all the beverage for the whole company. So I ended up becoming the beverage specialist for, for all of light group. Yeah. And um, I wanted, just things were changing at the time. Everything was changing. You know, I was having, I, I had a daughter at the time. Even Andy was just like, you know, what's your future? Um, and I don't know, it was just time for a change. Um, I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. Um, and, and just that industry as a whole had buckled. Because we were there like during the Wolf of Wall Street age of fucking yeah. nightclubs. Yeah. They hate walking it. out with 1500 bucks a night. Yeah. And you get so a, that, that time span, you're talking about four years at Olives, and then this light group, you were with them for about like five, six years? No, like nine, eight, nine. Eight, nine years. Okay, yeah. wow. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so we're talking about Andrew Sassone and Andy Massey, mm-hmm. the founders of light group, for the listeners who yeah. don't know who My those two My old bosses are. as well. Yeah. Kingpins yeah. in Vegas, yeah. legends. And back then, Vegas was as deregulated as the city could possibly get. There was just <laughs> yeah. cash Ape shit. flowing everywhere. No one knew what the bro, hell to do with it. Bro, the shit. I'll tell you this. I was asked to do an interview about Light Group years ago. I just left. Yeah. I was like, bro, I love them too much. It'd make yeah, for yeah. one hell of a documentary if yeah, it ever comes sure. to fruition. No, it's just like... Every, anybody who lived it and really lived it, they don't. They won't say nothing about it. Yeah, I worked for Light Group. We all so loved. did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a time that we all loved and enjoyed, and you know, uh, there was a lot of good things, bad things. You know, it was, it was life, but it was also something from the outside looking in that the world looked at differently now. Obviously, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But at that time, at that time, it wasn't what that the crazy. Fuck, bro. Yeah. I look at that shit now, and I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm alive. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> fucking crazy. Dude. Times have changed a lot, though, too. <laughs> yeah. Surrounding, yeah. outside. We were the of, only nightclub. Yeah. yeah. Body yeah. was showing like three years later. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, like, the shit that was going on was crazy. So what was your first, so that moment when you were like, okay, cool, this is me leaving the worker man mentality and going into being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. What was that like? When, when did that transition happen? And what was the first concept? It was Herbs and Rye. Herbs and Rye was the first concept, right? First, first Damn, not what a bad. fucking home run. Yeah, and usually you don't, you don't know, it doesn't always work like that. Yeah, man. Talk about uh, swinging. I'm yeah, sure there's probably run, some, yeah. some backstory, though. I'm sure so it probably years, wasn't always his. How many years is Herbs? Ten. Wow. wow. Yeah, so uh, there's a guy named G Money, Gerardo. He's like, he's the backbone of the company. Like, I get all the credit for everything, but he's just kind of like, he's my guy. 
Um, and then I have Val and Chef Mariano who operate the kitchen and do the front of the house. But they, they came in later. Well, Mario didn't, but Val came in later. So how did it start? What are the early stages, the beginning stages of Herbs and Rye? We were drunk eating across the street at Tacos Mexico. Okay. <laughs> Which is right. fire, by the way. And I, and I this at, is good. I can yeah. do this still. That's another one. How about right there? G looked at the sign and he says, yo, why don't you call that number? And I was like, well, let's fucking call the number. <laughs> Shit you not. Ten years ago, that location, by the way... It was a shut-down Venetian restaurant. Well, originally it was the Venetian, Larry Ruvo's mom's yeah. Italian restaurant. The Italian restaurant. restaurant, yep. Legendary. Like Famous. Mr. Miyagi used to host the door there. Yep. Like the real Mr. Miyagi. That's wild. Isn't there still... You guys still have the sign, right? Hanging one of up? them. One of them, right? One yeah. of them, yeah, yep. yeah. The, the one from his... His mother gave it to me. Yeah. Um, and then I dedicated one of the rooms to her. Yep. The Angelina room. She's a fucking legend in, as a whole. And then it turned into a bar called the Slanty Clam. And then it turned into a Mexican restaurant. What a name. Great name. <laughs> what a name. Great fucking I name. That's a vagina reference. Yeah, I, w- I went there twice. So I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Good history. I don't know. Good. You want I'm, the walls to be able to talk I'm sometimes. I'm not eating you know seafood I mean? here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not eating seafood here. <laughs> not, what do you want? The fucking salad. No dressing. No yeah. dressing. Uh, but no. So yeah, that's, that's, it was those restaurants prior. Um, I walked in and it was 2000, um, it was 2008 going into nine. Ooh. It's a fucking nice. Kind of a crazy time. Yeah, Yeah, man. The world was hurting. (laughs) He was getting ready. A guy named, uh, uh, Mark DiMartino was getting ready to knock it down. And he was a big investor. I forgot how the deal came about. I walked in and he was just like, uh, we're getting ready to knock it down or some shit like that. And I was like, yo, I want to buy it. He's like, how much do you, do you want to give me? And I'm just like. Spitting, I ain't got no, I don't got no fucking money. Yeah, I got money that I saved up from the nightclub, which is probably like fifty, sixty thousand, if yeah. that. In like, and I still got to sell shit to get to that fifty, sixty, yeah, yeah. including like sneakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I know the game, hundred uh, percent. But no, long story short, I uh, I convinced him to finance me. Okay, it was in the middle of the like the we didn't know the recession was happening, but you yeah. can see shit was getting weird. Yeah, housing, sure. yeah, but like I convinced, I basically challenged him. I was like, because he was like, no, you can't make a restaurant work here. I've already had two restaurants. And I was like, maybe you just don't know how to train the horses, you know? Yeah. I forgot what I said, but it like sparked them. And I was like, well, if that's the case, how about I, I'll, I'll give you X amount of money down. Yeah. And then, um, you spot me the rest and yeah, it's a if, gamble. <laughs> if, if I pay two, two payments late, you take it all back. No questions asked. I'll put that in the contract. He was like, you're stupid. I said, well, then sign the contract. And he, he signed it. Yeah. And I bought that building for a million dollars. It's crazy. Yeah. And so then, you, uh, you, had, you guys don't lease it. You own that building. That herbs land. That's rad. That's awesome. I own the land, yeah. So yeah, so off to the races. <laughs> yeah. Then we open up the building with no fucking money. I roller brush the fucking floors black. Yeah. Throw some bottles in the back bar. And I bought wallpaper at a fucking clearance cell. <laughs> and a buddy crazy. of mine, Eric Yuri, started building the fucking, he like, at that time he kind of knew about like how to build stuff. <laughs> to build like the bar and the, fur- yeah. the furniture and stuff? All like, the fabrication. And then we called the city, and they were like, "All right, let's check it. Check it out. Code works, like, I guess. This is amazing. <laughs> what were you serving at the very beginning? What, what type of food? Was it the same menu? Was it no. a similar style of food? No, okay. no, no. It was very similar to olives. Okay. Not quite like Mediterranean, but like pasta heavy. Um, a few cuts of beef, more so plated dinners. Sure. Plated dishes like chicken with mash, and it was it was nothing too major. Sure. We were focused on the bar. Okay. We were a bar that was going to have. Kind of food. Cool food. Got it. Yeah. And then... Uh, so the evolution over the time has been... Amazing. Yeah. Crazy, crazy then, crazy. for yeah. sure. So we opened up, and we opened the door. Our first day, we probably did like 70 people, 80 people. And then we wouldn't see a number like that again for about three years. 
Um, I was about to say, so how was this preliminary the first year or two? I mean, the fact that Herb still exists and this was your first real big entrepreneurial project was great too. But how are those early years usually? Oh man, I remember, I remember the day I signed the contract, I went home and like, presidents on the news like we are officially in a recession i'm looking at my girl like it's a good idea trust me on this like, yeah what <laughs> babe i got this you know, i was like we had just like i don't we, think you know how business works like, we, taking we, advantage. Had it, we had moved from like a 700 square foot apartment to to rent like getting a house off of uh bonanza and mlk and we're yeah. like yeah we made it yeah, yeah. honey we're gonna we're get here it. we're here yeah. yeah uh it didn't go well at all it didn't go well at all i opened up um i think i my, my slowest night was like 500 bucks it was wow. just rough um we ended up just putting everything into it. I mean, I was the only person with my dad. My dad had, uh, gave me some money to do this. He just wanted to see me, like, not go to jail or some shit like do that. Do something. Yeah, yeah. Just try and, something. Uh, I had gotten some money from somebody else and um, on a loan, and, and, yeah, nobody would come in. The, people just didn't understand it, like cocktails, classic cocktails. So the city was, like, really complaining that there was no cocktail bars, but the same people that were complaining were the first ones that were going to the nightclubs ordering vodka Red Bulls. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there just wasn't, I don't think Vegas was ready for it. There was not a, really a crowd. There was a, there was a guy doing it already from uh, the downtown cocktail room. Yeah. And he wasn't crushing it either, but he was doing it at the time better than, I would guess, anybody else. Um, but for us to open up, just people just, they didn't want that. Yeah. Um, so I went like three years and we just, we just ate it. Grinding um, and, and grinding. It was three of us. It was it was a cook. It was four of us actually. It was Mario in the kitchen, me and G on the floor bar, and uh, and, a, and a server named Ronnie. And then little by little, we started bringing on the rest of the servers like Deborah and them. But none of them leave. Everybody who's been there has almost been there from day one. Like they, it's amazing. They don't leave. It's amazing. Damn, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. So it's it well, that's was, wild. Yeah. Well, just just so the listeners know, understand too. And if you're not from Vegas, maybe you may not have have heard of Herbs and Rye too. But there are a very few like iconic off the ship restaurants that have just never left and never changed and never moved. And that the time when you opened it was right before I moved to Las Vegas. So I moved in 2000 and end of 2010, early 2011 actually too. So right after too. So then like this time frame that I've been here, the herbs has existed the whole time too. And just slowly became like this immovable object that is just getting bigger and bigger over time. But just the listeners know too, that's, this is like an icon of off the strip, which is, Difficult to really do over time. It is my number one recommendation whenever someone from out of town comes and asks, hey, Drew, where do I have to go to experience something mm-hmm. that's not on the 100%. trip? Yeah. I tell them herbs and rye. Yeah. It's driven, man. Like, I went homeless there. I lived, me and my, my guy had a kid. I have two daughters. At the time, my girl was pregnant, but I already had Alexis was already born, and we had lost everything. Because I was just like, I can, if I make this work, it'll get everything else to work. Yeah. But if I keep my house, I feel you right now. Work, yeah. Like, you know, I, so I let everything go, man. I let every, I, I mean, I got rid of my car, everything. I like, we stayed at herbs until my dad had another house that he was renting that the renters had left. And that's why we had a place to stay. But no, it was, it was rough for a minute. And then, um, at that time, I mean, shit, we were working all day. And then I don't know, it started turning a little bit cause people, cause we started winning shit. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to, market myself and for the and cocktail program for the food what was cocktail. okay it was all, it was all bar. yeah it was bar yeah and at that time i was like we were gonna i'll tell you this a breaker went out one time and we were like yo that's it we thought the power had shut, got shut off uh, yeah. did weird shit like yeah. my pops built like a box around i shouldn't say it's public my dad built like a box around the power box so the power company could check the power bill <laughs> 
That's G. So like, that's we, really so G. we didn't pay for like two years. It was like fucking crazy. So that's actually really that smart. Yeah. Actually really like smart. We, like we I moved, got some work to do after this. Like we, moved, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we moved the air conditioner from like the large dining room to the bar area so the bar area would be cold because we only had one air conditioner. The other ones exploded. We would unscrew light bulbs. Crazy shit, dude. Yeah. The shit we did to get that place up and running was just fucking nuts. But when you're driven, then nothing's nothing, nothing, no money or no matter what investment you do will ever outpower the drive of passion. People will see man. that and go to your bar top if you're just treating them right over anything. That's why you have taco carts that are busy as fuck. That's yeah. why you have multi-million dollars, like the Titanic sunk, right? Like, did, yeah. did you ever have difficulty? Because like you're saying too, is like how you treat customers is the number one reason why people are coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, food is great and cocktails are great and that gets people to go places, but, but for people to come back, it's yeah. some type of X factor, it's whether it's the people man. or the experience or whatever it may be. Yeah. Did you find it difficult to provide that happiness and bravado and excitement when you know that you were living, uh, when people weren't, you know, because you fake it till you make it mentality, right? Too? No one sees the bad stuff, but when the lights, when the lights go on and everyone leaves, then you got the struggle of the daytime trying to make it work was that ever difficult to put on that face front forwards and deal with the difficulties in the back um i mean when your escape is your work that's you know it's it's the 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 table's kind of turned right Right. i never looked at work as work i've i don't think i've ever worked a day in my life i genuinely love what i do for a living like i genuinely love what i do everything about it if there's nothing else I enjoy more than being at a restaurant than my children and my girl. Yeah. You know, it's just nothing else really matters. So in my most stressful times, I was always successful because I was doing what I wanted to do and I loved it. Channel that energy to the yeah, right place. And, and you know? to me, I just have a mentality where like, I just feel like I just can't fail. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just like kind of weird. Like even when I fail, even when I fuck up and I lose something, I learned how to not do it. Therefore, now I know the right way to do it. Exactly. So it's never wrong. For sure. Know? So in yeah. my head, I'm always right. Yeah. I think, I think you obviously had the... No, that no, was but, good. I like that. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm telling you. I like that. That was really fucking good. But no. long, long-term tunnel vision is difficult, right? Because you can yeah. get beaten down and a lot of people cannot take that. And it is tough. It is tough to deal yeah. with one thing after another. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the world's not on your fair and you're a good person and you yeah. don't deserve all this bullshit, whatever it may be. And just to say, hey, I'm going to be successful. I just don't know when. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be next year oh, or two years or five years, but like I had this tunnel, this, like, you know, you said you're blinded to the fact that everyone's telling you you're crazy, you're nuts. Yeah, well, I you, can do this. I think a lot of people don't understand too is like, you know, your first businesses is almost your best shot at being successful in the aspect is that you don't have fear like you do the second or third time. People yeah. don't really look at it this way, right? Like, yeah. when you're I naive as shit, but yeah, yeah. this will be good. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's. It's like your first time going into business. You're almost fearless because you don't see the backlash of it yet because you haven't learned it, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. touching the hot stove for the first time. You weren't scared touching the flame. Yeah. You were scared the second, third, fourth time. So that business mentality really works. So in your first business, you're like, yeah, it's going to work. This building's fucking perfect. You don't see the fucking, oh, shit, there's no electrical, there's no right. piping, there's no nothing. But on your second venue, you're like, nah, fuck you that. Check everything, I'm not yeah. walking into that one. Yeah. yeah, Like, I was more paranoid of Cleaver than I was Herbs. Cleaver, I was like, it's a bigger project. Yeah, There's a lot of weight on my shoulder for it. Are you a you know, one-hit wonder? The pressures can really yeah. get to you. And you just kind of like not really worry about what the world thinks about you, right? Um, but when it comes to your first venue, you're kind of relentless. You're kind of yeah. fearless on your first project. I do have a question about Cleaver. Which allows you to fuck up a lot. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I have a question about Cleaver is that. Some of you won't make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, had, you had an interesting point where you said herbs and rye was 
eventually very successful, right? And mm-hmm. has been for, for a long time now, too. And anything that Herbs and Rye does right now, too, it seems to just have this incredible cult following, recommendations Golden from people, touch, yeah. like all of us, too, that just it just seems to work over time, right? This was the, was was a success story over, you know, 10 years overnight, you know, essentially, like it just yeah. was a long, long, st- like, stride to get there, but now it seems like there's just no losing. Why did you open a second concept instead of a second Herbs and Rye? You know, I've I've always felt that Herbs is special, and Herbs is a, is a chapter in my life that is that was just something so beautiful. And uh, and at the same time, there was a lot of stuff that happened there that was, you know, really dark in my life. And I just feel that for you to have, we're all artists, and, and for you to paint your artistry in its purest form, you can't continue to paint the same picture. You have to evolve. Uh, and, and all artists have different things. Some people have spray cans. Some people have the most beautiful paints in the world. Um, I just feel that when it comes to reflecting your artistry, the moment you just start stamping up stuff, there's, there's no real substance to, to that picture. So is, is Cleaver just the ev- evolution of where you are now versus Herbs is where you were then necessarily? And where Absolutely. Like everything has a meaning for it, right? Like right. We're yeah. all like, you know, wind going through a fucking whistle to make right. different sounds. I think that when you develop your artistry and who you are as a human being and, and that growth has to reflect in, in your art as a whole. And some people won't get it anymore. Like the people that understand Cleaver um, evolved with herbs and some people just want to be stuck at herbs, which is dope. And that's great because it's timeless, right? But like sometimes you just got to turn that page. I mean, there'll be a day when I'm not even in restaurants, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But uh I think everything needs to be an involvement of of who you are as a person and the for you to have a successful business it really has to embody you. The moment you get into it just 100% for money, I'm all about it, but just do that. Don't try to pitch the story as Yeah, yeah. I'm Your passionate about my right. sure. this exactly, and that like exactly. now nah, the owners of Outback aren't like, yeah, you know, we believe in yeah, you know, like no, you don't. You have yeah. 187. How could you possibly manage that? And nothing against them. Yeah, uh, respect their opinion on it. But I just think that every, you know, everything is is a moment in time, man. And it was just time to. I, I wasn't even going to open up a second project. It was for my my team wanted to open up a second project, and that kind of inspired me because I was kind of in a rut for a little while. You know, I had like writer's block. Man. You know, a lot of stuff goes on it. when you're opening a new project, especially when you got that much fucking pressure on you. You know, yeah. yeah. There's only three tells awards in Vegas as a whole. You know, herbs got to all three of them. Those are that's like the fucking Grammys. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. You think that's a little pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you open up, you're like, no, nah, I'm kind of really comfortable at the house right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, yeah I'm like real comfortable. I'm like yeah. very fucking We're comfortable. Really good. Yeah, yeah. And for then sure. you know, it's like people walk into you, and people are like ruthless. That they are. Yeah. People ruthless. Like you can walk in and be like, yo, like if you made this, and and people are like, yo, that's a banger. Yeah. You're like, all right, we're gonna do our second flavor. Yeah. And that shit, oh, that wouldn't take down that one. Like you said, like we that, that in, expectation yeah. of your first business versus your second yeah, business, man. right? I mean, it's we like, live in a world where people, you know, judge or, or, or people base their, their self-esteem on the opinions of, of what the world sees of them. Yeah. And food and beverage is not right or wrong. It's opinions, right? It's every, I could say, this is the best steak I've ever had. And you, this steak is trash. This is the best cocktail I've ever oh, had. Yeah, too. For sure. This cocktail, this is cocktail sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's no real right or wrong in anything too. It's just there. It's just an opinion based thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do I win the majority yeah. over and over again? We talk about marketing a lot on this podcast. Yeah. We talk about partnerships. We talk about how people have been successful. Why, if we think things are going to work or not too, obviously 10 years of herbs and rye. How has that evolution of marketing changed? Like you mentioned, we've had arguments on these like full of 
shit awards systems that everyone <laughs> has their own awards now too. And maybe we'll do the residency podcast awards one day too, and, and just throw our hat. We have to now. We have to now. We have to shit about it. We have to. I'm now. choosing them all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Who wins? Whoever I say. Uh, so how, did those accolades that you won really propel you? And then how did you market them? Or what did you do differently from a marketing standpoint and, and like evolve to get to where it is now too? Because that's, I think from anyone who's in restaurants, owns restaurants, whatever too, that's kind of a cool indication of what you did. Oh man, you're going to laugh at this. Great, uh, I love this. I'm already pumped. I've paid zero dollars in marketing my entire career. Yeah. Already, really? I already knew that answer, yeah. I've never marketed in my life. Wow. No, I got. I started the. In, I started an Instagram for herbs two years ago. Yeah, because I lost a bet. <laughs> I love that. It's I swear to God, you did it because you lost. It a doesn't bet. need it, man. It's it's crazy. I never market. I didn't even know what social media was. Do like, you think the anti marketing is the marketing? Kind of. I don't know, man. Do you, you know, know what I'm saying? It, like, if if yeah, you're, if you're like not going to market, if if you try to market and you and you bad market or you unsuccessfully market, it's bad. But if you don't market on purpose, is that the marketing necessarily? Is like I don't even need to. You know what it was? It was every. You know when you get everybody behind you because you genuinely care. I think a lot of people they try to hang out with like uh, the big names and shit like that, right? Right. When I was coming up in the industry, um, I did everything on my own dollar. And when I would travel, I wouldn't hit. I never thought of just like Vegas. I wanted to put Vegas on the map. So the way I would do that is I said, I'm going to go global. So I started traveling a lot on my own dollar. If I had 300 bucks and they were like, yo, catch a flight to New York to do a pop-up, I would do that. And I would take the money that I would make and I would, I would donate it to a charity. I never did any of the stuff to become popular or famous. I always did it just because I gave a fuck. Right. So I think those people started bragging about me. And then the people I would help was like, never like, I wouldn't go to the most popular bars in, in any other city. I would go to people who I knew and they were struggling. So I knew my name had a little bit of weight at, at the time. Like I had just come off like winning the Peruvian world final. Um, we had just qualified for, for tells awards. We were winning everything in Vegas. I've, I mean, those awards that are can you hanging. explain the tales awards real quick so that the listeners so know tales, what of the, about? tales of the cocktail as a whole is is a is a one week um, thing the event that happens in New Orleans in the swamp in the in the middle of the summer and basically everybody in, in in the world who is has anything to do with the beverage world um, shows up there and they have the tales of the cocktails awards so basically best high volume bar best bar team best bar in the world. Um, they have the U.S. categories. They have the global categories. It's just really hard to win. To, yeah. make, to make it even in the top 10 is crazy. To make it in the top four is fucking nuts. And it's just grown so much over the years as well, it, too. It just gets harder, right? Because right. it's like the industry is like saturated now. Right. Yep. You know, it's like, so like Cleaver made it in top four its first year, which is fucking nuts. Yeah. That's and, insane. Uh, mm, yeah. So that, and that was on a week ago they announced it. We didn't win, but like to make top four your first year, that's nice. So, so do you think like the biggest advantage of, of Urban Ride then was like credibility at that point? Credibility. So, we cared. Yeah, we so cared. Like we did like... Like you had street cred from the people by the industry, for the industry. Like you said, I know cocktails or I know foods. Yeah. Like you have to go to Urban Ride. Just trust. And we were never above anybody. Right. Like yeah. people would call us and they'd be like, yo, these like seven mainstream bars want you to bartend. You're, you'll be in, you know, in Florida next week. All right, cool. But can we do a volunteer shift and can somebody get me into Cuba? Why? Because it's poverty stricken. There's nobody giving seminars because nobody wants to, because it's the hard route. Yeah. So like I'd be in the middle of Cuba giving seminars with Julio Cabrera. I'd be in Singapore. I'd be in London hitting spots where nobody was going. 
Yeah. And those spots, a lot of those spots ended up blowing up, like getting credibility because I would go where people were, were doing really cool stuff. Yeah. Not just because you were popular. And, and it then opens the up your were, eyes yeah. too, right? And, yeah, and yeah. then the people that were popular wanted to start being like them. Yeah, of course. So just we just went. I don't. I don't say we went against the grain. I just really never gave a fuck what nobody thought. To be honest, do you, do you ever just look at a spreadsheet and laugh when your marketing budget says zero? And you say, Ah, ha, 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 you idiots out there, with just, fat ass just, marketing budgets. That's just crazy to me, man. I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm wrong because it sounds awesome. But, by the way, but it's part of but it's part of his story and like and then how genuine that venue yeah. is, right? And that that brand is. It's, Cle- it's, Cleaver had one Instagram post. We're open. One and then it wasn't. We're, until, we're open. It bitches. wasn't until four weeks ago. That I was like, all right, we'll start posting pictures of food. We're re- we're reopened. That's what they yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're reopened. Yeah, yeah. Grand yeah. opening, grand We're closing. open, reopened. Yeah, but for like, sure. Um, I'll tell you this. When I when I had my own Instagram and we opened up Herb's Instagram, I forgot that it was Herb's. So I was like, pictures of my daughters and like. <laughs> no pictures of my shoes and shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, what's this got to do with Herb's and Rye? I'm like, oh shit, my bad. That, wrong well, one, wrong switch one. accounts here. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, yeah. That's how that works. It was crazy. When did the, awesome. the idea of that happy hour, the famous Herb's and yeah, Rye happy hour come about? Notorious. Oh man, when we first got into the, the industry, I wanted to open up what I call is the common sense bartender factor, right? We want a cool place with fucking dope food yeah. and drinks and like, that's what everybody pitches you and you're, you're kind of like, well, no shit. Yeah, yeah. Somebody says I want <laughs> shitty food. Genius, man. Good Definitely food. don't you're, want shitty food. You fucking know that one, pal. You're on, you're on to something yeah, here, you know? Yeah, you're really going places. Um, <laughs> but the happy hour came about when I was just like, yo, I mean, shit, a lot of people probably get mad at this, but like, yo, we're, people genuinely rip people off. Yeah. Like, yeah, why yeah. are you charging this much? So you mean to tell me you're serving prime beef and we serve the highest grade below prime. Now, if I gave them to you side by side, Yes, you'd be able to tell the difference, but for the price difference of Does it make seventy dollars a person, you're gonna be like, Well, what is this? This is higher than what you've ever purchased on your own to cook at home. Yeah. So it's it's an amazing grade. It's black Angus, it's phenomenal, but it, it's just not this dry aged, over done yeah. thing. Right? So it's almost like steakhouse street food done right. And I was yeah. like, Well, if I can do it's this put it. properly and give it to people properly, like, why can't I just do a happy hour on it? Well, you're going to do a happy hour on steak? Well, yeah, because on my sides and the cocktails, everything, that's like an equal balance. Yeah. I was always a numbers dude. And I was like, this makes sense. Let's give it a shot. And I remember I, we did it. And I lost a fuck ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, dude. Dinner's over. Happy hour is my fuck shit. Fuck happy hour. Yeah. No, that's what happened. I was just like... Damn, you fucked that up good. But then I learned about like uh, I know you guys were waiting for like a good like oh yeah it works. No, nah, it didn't work at all. Yeah, um, it worked for it worked for the customer. Yeah, a lot. it worked yeah. for the customer. But that's I realized, how I found like, out. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm gonna do it in the masses. Yeah, volume would, like volume, and then people still didn't even come in. Like we couldn't get people to come in to save our lives. But the happy hour started picking up, and they started coming down because of us. They loved us. And then at that time, I started learning what it was to like buy in futures and and buy in bulk and yeah. and like future contracts and and I just started really getting down like the 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 learning what it was to butcher in-house the amount of money we were going to save and we were able to start hitting those prices yeah during a happy hour wait so you butcher in-house we were butchering in-house until we were moving so much sure sure that the company was just like wait a minute you're like you're doing 50 60 thousand drops a week and we couldn't believe it I mean we went from a staff of four to a staff of 50 within like nine ten months and it wasn't because of that it was because like the accolades had blown up yeah and it was like a really weird time right because we were partying hard at herbs (laughs) 
hard. Like <laughs> it was, it was so much the only hard. way to make it successful life, place. You really. know what I mean? Like we would have top 50 judges coming in to look at herbs and be like, all right, here we go. We're going to see if these guys are qualified for top 50 bars. There's like a 300 pound dude on the bar top with no shirt and a lady's like slapping him in the face with a ribeye. <laughs> and this guy's like trying to propose to her, like just crazy fucking shit. The parties we threw in the place. Yeah. Like, it had love to be. That. I love this that. sounds awesome. It almost, yeah, I, I, I've been to a bar mania at Herbs, uh, and they're fucking wild. It's nuts, bro. It, it was yeah. fucking nuts. And, you know, we just had such a good time um, in the partying and the drinking. And then, you know, that shit, is, it's fun until it's not. Yeah. Can, can, you, can you walk the listeners through some of the accolades that you guys have? One that obviously you use to catapult Herbs to where it is now, too? Hit yeah. it with it real quick. You're going to laugh at that, too. I don't know. You really don't even know? No, nah, man, I don't keep track of that shit. Okay. I know I got a few like congressional recognitions and shit like okay. that, like big ones. I got yeah. Tells Awards. I mean, this sounds fucked up, right? I should know this stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'll tell you this. I mean, I'll, look, I'll send better. you a picture of my my girl keeps them, and right. it's like it's like a pile. But to say like I hang them up, yeah, that's just yeah. No, the the authenticity. A, a pile right? is more than a few. Yeah, yeah. For yeah sure. I would. I remember at one point in time we were getting like. I think it's really important for, for, for viewers or for listeners or for anyone who's looking for restaurants or somewhere to eat too because, look, we, we joke about the lists and stuff all the time too yeah. because they're completely arbitrary. But some people do look at those because marketing, as you don't necessarily do the two, but there's so many restaurants who just flood the marketing with beautiful yeah. photos and all these things too. And the food looks incredible and they do this award and that award or top 10 restaurants in this boutique little area or whatever it is. So sometimes those real lists can be very helpful. People utilize them. No, they them work. They definitely yeah. work. Like when I won... Um when I won uh, Bartender of the Year with Nightclub and Bar, I was like, oh, sh- like you won Nightclub and Bar. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. That night, the Nightclub and Bar convention was in town. Yeah. yeah. And I accepted the award. It was in front of thousands of people. I didn't even know it was like that. Yeah. Like, I didn't know Nightclub and Bar got down like that. Yeah. 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 And it fucking, and I had Bar Mania the next day. Ooh. What a fucking shit show. You know, you're just like, all right, here we go. Let's, let's. Let's raise money for cancer by getting a fuck ton of people shit faced. Yeah, and raised, blasted. Yeah, you know. But I mean, that event raises forty seven thousand dollars in three hours. It's crazy. It's know? crazy. So I mean, I remember people were just kind of pouring in and being like, "Oh, like you won this," or so. And it would get kind of weird too. Yeah. Like when you start winning that much, it's almost like you don't want to win. Mm. Like, because just that standard is so high and you're just like, it's like the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. It was like never, you, nothing they could do. Yeah, nothing could have ever going to meet, meet that, the, hype. the yeah. expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like when all these stuff started coming out, we were getting like, it got to the point where we were getting weird ass fucking awards. Like best <laughs> happy hour at one thirty-two in the morning. It's like, that's an award? That's what yeah. we're talking about. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who won those the one thirty-three that we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. You know? like, that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Oh, Cleaver yeah. did. Perfect. Yeah. Cleaver did. Oh, cool, cool, back cool. To cool. Back. back to but back. It was weird stuff like best happy hour without a neon sign and shit. Like, yeah. I was like, yo, what the fuck are these things? Cool, thanks, I guess. But I, I will say this. At what point in time, um, Herbs was winning... Herbs was getting so much shit, so many awards that I didn't have money to put them in frames because I was still broke at the time. We were yeah. still broke. Yeah. Um, so it's just it was the whole the whole thing was just crazy. Yeah, we feel you. It's it's a, definitely a misconception for sure for some people. And for people that don't know, this happy hour is literally insane. It's like 
the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's what drew yeah. me to actually come and Well, check I think that's what draws out. everyone, especially all the locals that, ha- that have built that kind of cult following, you know, from the initial oh, 5 to 8 p.m. and then, what, midnight to closing? Well, now it's all day. Well, now it's all day, but initially yeah, yeah. it was yeah, 5 to 8 three. and then midnight, midnight to 3. I didn't yeah. know it's all day now. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was half off all steaks. Coronavirus, coronavirus dude. Yeah. Come on in. <laughs> half I, might, I might do a date night soon, you know what I'm saying? This I mean, it is our favorite date night spot by far. And our thing is, is we never, like, make a reservation because we're locals, but we, we would go at 5 p.m. because if you try to go to like happy hour at 7 to just walk in, not fucking yeah, not happening. Chance, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's nostalgia because we would go at 5, there'd be a fucking line of people, some locals, waiting. some tourists, yeah. waiting yeah. outside for yeah. these fucking doors to open. So we'd go and sit at the bar. You know, yeah. being in the industry, like I want to sit at the bar. I don't want to be served by a server. I sit at the bar, chop it up with the bartenders with my girl, get a steak, some cocktails. That's another thing. We've touched on it before. Herbs and Rye is known as a cocktail bar. Usually steakhouses, people want to see the wine list and bottles of wine. No, no. I never drink fucking wine at Herbs and yeah, Rye. Yeah, never, always yeah. cocktails. I, was, I, was, I, was, I just had this conversation the other day. It was just like, yo, that it just like it has a good wine. Probably has like 20, 30 bangers. Yeah, yeah. Wines, but no, nah, man. I've never drank wine at Herbs. No, yeah. Cleaver's yeah. different story, but yeah. You want to know when I knew Cleaver or Herbs was a different level? Yeah. When. A, we were booked out for like two, three weeks in advance. Like, you couldn't get a reservation in. I brought my family, and I had to sit in the office to eat, right? And I was like, cool. Yeah. This is good. Like, we're blessed. Because that's all I ever wanted yeah, yeah. was just success, right? Uh, to have stability for for the people, not just me, the people around me. But I remember we had, I, that day I had got to, to Cleaver, or to Herbs, I mean. Cleaver wasn't even in the talks yet. And there was a line that went all the way down. And it was like, it was hot outside. I was like, fuck, and we don't, this was like 4.30. Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Prime these time. motherfuckers are waiting. This is amazing. So I go out there and, you know, just like, hey, you know, thank you. And, yeah. And we're opening up and and it was probably about like, I don't know, like 8 o'clock at night. And this incident happened at the bar next door where, unfortunately, somebody had gotten killed uh, in the back alley. I shit you not. This behind another bar. So it's like herbs, and then the bar called uh, Goat now. But at Goat, that time, it, yeah. was, it was a place called Shifties. Now, Shifties was... Some shifty, shifty shit was happening Some shifty back. shit. Well, the, <laughs> owner of the, the owner of Shifties cut the door like two inches above. So like you can see the light. And I was like, what's that for? He's like, that's so the cockroaches can get out. <laughs> I was like, damn, this place yeah. is different. <laughs> but anyways, the cops go, and they red tape the whole... Fu- you know, they tape yeah. up the whole shit. It's like a murder scene, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking murder scene to the right of Herbs and Rye. Yeah. And I hear this lady screaming at the fucking cop. She was screaming at the cop because where he had put the tape to shut off this murder scene was she had to walk all the way around and she was going to be late and not make happy hour. <laughs> oh, okay. I love Bro, that. I was sitting out there like, oh my God. Like, yo, we made it. We Move made it. Dead we made it, bro. We made it. And I was like, yo, about that. and I felt so like, I'm like, like there's a there's a human, bro. Like what? Dead, yeah. dead. There's a dead body there. Yeah, but like, there's also really good rate on cocktails. There's and also half like, off steaks and yeah, cocktails. Yeah, she's paying another thirty bucks. She's telling me she's like, I almost missed my reservation. And I'm oh, like, no. There's a stupid dead guy outside. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Don't I, worry, man. We'll I honor guess. it for you. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe it, man. But I mean, like I just don't handle stuff different way. Like people that are negative and shit. Yeah. Like people who yelp and shit like that. Like oh. I fire back on them. Like I don't. Right. You should. Is so being in hospitality for so long, our customers is the customer always right? 
No. Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. Absolutely not. No, no. If a Good. customer walks in and punches owner in the face, is he right? No. Mm. I mean, it's it's there's a mutual respect amongst, like, we're in the hospitality industry, right? Sure. Like, so it's our job to make sure that we are doing what is best for our guests to help them in the best ability possible that they are willing to help themselves. It is not our job to carry uh, people to a point of making decisions that are going to alter other people's life in negativity. Like, that... That's the way it boils down. That was really good. Have you said that before? No. I just, that was really fucking good. That was really good. That was really good. You know, really it's good. like it's like nobody can take you out of your element. All of us right here. I yeah. can sit here and start cussing at you and, and, and flipping out, and you guys would be like, this interview went weird. Yeah. But nobody can physically, t- nobody can take you out of your mental element besides you unless I'm physically hitting you yeah, yeah. or something happens. So I'm aware of that aspect as far as us. Um, but some people, like, it's not my job to control a racist. Yeah, it's not my job to control somebody who just goes in with the intent of creating, you know, um, negativity into this excellent vibe that you have. Now, there's some people though that doesn't give you the right as a business owner to just shit on people who disagree with you. Yeah. That's the challenge in the food and industry, food and beverage industry, right? Like, I meet people all the time who just like. Like I said, the food and beverage industry is so opinionated. Yeah, the, on I mean, both they sides, really mad. Yeah. And your goal, your goal is to like that's the challenge. I want to make them happy. Like I've had people come in and just be mad, mad, yeah. real mad, and I'm just like, dude, yeah. like, <laughs> what the fuck happened? Yeah. And I'll start laughing, like, yo, you guys came in hot, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> why you're mad. I'll come right into the table. It's like, yo, you guys came in hot, huh? What, for like, who spilled your champagne? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, what's going on? Man? And they'll just like realize. But you got to realize a lot of people, they, it's kind of like when you ask the waiter, like, how's this steak? They're like, phenomenal. You're like, I'll take it. He didn't tell you shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just reassured your <laughs> comments. Your yeah, 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 yeah. We know okay, the answer yeah. to 50% of the stuff we want. Yeah. Actually, yeah. the salmon's disgusting. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. You shouldn't get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Don't, don't get that. Yeah. And if your yeah. waiter's sitting there going like, no, I wouldn't do that one. Like, evaluate your restaurant as a whole. I think a lot yeah. of times <laughs> yeah, like, uh, we, don't, we don't take blame. You know, yeah. like you got to take blame in, in yourself of who you are as a person. At what point in time do you just look at yourself and say, what went wrong and how, what did I not provide for this to go this way? And yeah. if you've done anything, everything that you possibly can and, and then it doesn't work, then and, evaluate it from there. What, yeah, what? and their own set of expectations, right? People come in with whatever. It might be high, yeah. super low. Not just the, the longer you're in the industry, though, too, you're like, look, you just understand. It's an, Being in food and beverage, it is an unwinnable thing to keep everybody happy. You just go for the majority, the people who really have a, yeah, a good take know, on the, your stuff, and, and you go in. And But there's a lot of people who just generally don't even know what they want. They're just exactly. looking. They want to be heard. They, 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 they need guidance. They need understanding. And they just want that, but they don't want you to know that they need a vision and a guidance and yeah. understanding. You know, like somebody can walk. I had a guest, you know, one so time. So that's when you serve a steak. The guy hates steak. This was bad. Well, why would you order a steak, sir? You, you know, know what I, mean? I had a guy that came in. He was just like, everything on this menu, like, I've never had it. It doesn't even sound good. And I'm like, well, what do you like? Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I'm kind of a, and I just piece together. I'm like, well, do this, this, this. And if you don't like it, I'll eat it. You know, and I, so we piece together something for him. We make it right for him. And to the point where, like, if you were so polite to somebody eventually that person will realize if they continue to be negative that they're the asshole. Yeah, yep. for sure. Boom. 100%. Yeah, like, that's good. 100%. And I think that you just got to put that into, into the mentality of, of, of your whole team as a whole. Like, we're all in this to genuinely create something beautiful here. Yeah. Like, we're creating magic here. And, uh, and if people aren't on board on that, you just do your very best and you never give up and that's the challenge. But if somebody's just like a jerk... You know, I had these people walk in one, I had a guy walk in one time, famous bartender, I won't drop names, but 
he, guy walks in and he's like, you know who I am? Ooh, I'm like, ooh, I'm like uh, no. But he's like, oh, how did you make that? I'm like, it's a fucking, like, it's a rum and coke. I'm like, well, rum, coke? <laughs> and uh, some ice, a little ice. Yeah. And You're just, welcome. And I'm just like, hey, do I, like, you look familiar. Do I know you? And, it, you know, he was, he was just like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I just won, I'm the number one bartender in, 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 the, in, in the country or some shit. He just won some big award. Yeah. So I was like, dude, I, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah. bro, let me, like, let me give you, give me one second. And you know, at Herb's, like, you got to walk around. Yeah. Right? I'll yeah, walk all the yeah. way around. I'm like, come with me right this way. And I'm like, you know, this is this. And, you know, and, I, and he's with a girl, too. And I, uh, you can hang out. I'm just going to show him something. So he thinks I'm taking him somewhere. And I just walked him directly out the front door. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Bro. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was hey, a great lead up, by the way. You, you can out. hang out and kick it, girl. I love that. I like, you can stay here, girl. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not like. You, you walk into a place and just like start saying you're the number one big yeah. shit in the world. Like I don't even want to fuck with you. Yeah, yeah bro, we're yeah, we're busy right here. I don't like, like. I don't. That's amazing. I, don't, I was I really that. engaged that story too, and I wasn't expecting that answer. That yeah, was man, I walked awesome. him right out, bro. So the next year, a few years later, I I won that you award, won <laughs> and I bump into him. I'm actually <gasps> cool with him now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he just looks at me, and he was doing a podcast one time, and they're like. So Nick Tally Mendoza won this year, and he just goes, yo, that guy did the most gangster shit to me ever, and one of the biggest reality checks I ever had. That's and, right. and he tells the story. That's awesome. And they're just like he, like, he walked you out. He was like, dude, he was like cheering me on. He's like, absolutely, let me show you. He goes, he actually gave me a tour of the kitchen and everything. And, on the and here's out. the fucking door. And he goes, and because I told him, I said, I want to make sure that you saw everything and every, everything you lost out on, and... I wanted you to meet everybody that will never fucking serve a person like you with that attitude. Wow. Yeah, that's Jesus. And he was just like, he was like confused. He was just like, the fuck? And I fucking just closed the door. I went back in, started bartending. And she's <laughs> that's like, fucking and the girl great. was like, where is he? I was like, I don't know. I think he went outside to smoke. I never told her anything. Yeah, yeah. That's so I funny. That's unbelievable. Never heard from him again. That feels like one of our highlight clips right there. Oh, Easily. I 100%. Love that, uh, yeah. We don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to ask you something too, because you had some major things, obviously, outside of business that happened to you or that you changed in your life. And I want to see, like, I think there's a lot of things that people now, especially, but anytime too, changing in their personal lives, whether it be family or major lifestyle changes, and you lost a ton of weight. How did correcting that help your business? How did you, how did you, you know, become clear after that too? How did that really help your whole life inside and outside of business and what, and kind of how did you get there? As a, as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start off with A, I remembered shit. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's positive. Um, no, man, you know, I don't, I don't regret anything that I did. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is, is uh, when, when you see success like that and you built success off of everything that you've never had, um, it comes quick, you know, and everything is fun until it's not. Um, and you're kind of reckless at it, right? Like I, I picked up, um, I, I knew I was an alcoholic at a real young age, though. Like I started drinking and, and doing dope when I was real young, like 12, 11, different in my neighborhood, you know, like, and I kind of like never went that hard with the drugs and alcohol um, until later on. But like herbs was a the reason Herbs is so beautiful is because of everything that happened. Like, my brother died the first year that I opened up. Um, he had cancer. Then he, you know, contracted HIV, died from AIDS. And then um, my grandmother had died a, a few years later. So I was, like, going through a lot. But that's all kind of excuses of why you do what you do, right? Right. Because, like we were talking earlier, you kind of blame everything. Opposed to just saying, you know, I I'm doing these things. But when it came to, like making changes 
you know, A, I almost died, you know, I almost OD'd at Tales of the Cocktail, you know, and, um, and then I just had, you know, people just kind of, you know, talk to me and say, you know, like, what are you doing? Nobody ever really called me out for it. Right. Because I was a closet user. Like, my girl never even knew that. At that time, I don't smoke anymore, but I was, like, smoking. Like, my girl and my family knew nothing. Nobody yeah. knew nothing but a few, like, dark corners. And we were partying so hard that they just thought it was part of the show. But inside, so everybody thought I was just this fucking, like, hero. But the truth of the matter is I was just buckling at the seams, right? So when it all came crumbling down, I just kind of disappeared for a while. Um, and then I got my head straight and I started focusing because like everything around me was just kind of like, we were having all these parties and then, but then like people were going to jail and like when I won my first tells award, I had like nine felons working, you know, and they were trying to get their lives together. And so I had to be like the leader of the pack cause we were all fucking up as a whole. Yeah. Cause we still to this day, like we all just kind of like ride or die with the whole crew. Right. Yeah. And if I'm the one doing it all, it's like there was just like a lot of pressure there. And there was a lot of stuff going on that I would use as those anchors of excuse. So I just got sober. And when I got sober, like the clarity of, of life as a whole, because you go through stages, right? Through sobriety, it's like you evaluate your life. Then you feel like you failed. Then you feel like you, you can't control shit and you're not in control. So you just go through a lot of stuff when it comes to sobriety. But then you kind of build yourself. And because you're searching for that that sense of joy that you got from doing what you were doing. But once you can find that sense of joy without anything, this is not just drugs, alcohol, this is food, sugar, whatever it is that your vice is. Right. And you can find that joy without any, what I call like a steroid to it. That level of, of satisfaction in life is fucking crazy. Yeah. And then you're just kind of untouchable. Like you're godsend at that point. Right. Like, yeah. you know, every single thing that you can reach without anything in the way. Yeah, you gain that control back. So that clarity that you got is fucking bananas. And when that happened, I was... Because I, dis, I went... I mean, I disappeared in Singapore for a while. Then I was in Puerto Rico hiding on a beach for a while. I, just, I disappeared from everything. But I also never ran from anything. Like, I would be at... Like, like within a year, I'd be, like, at bars hanging out. Because I didn't want to be like, oh, you know, I don't want to be triggered. Like, I fucking hate that shit. Right. Yeah. I'm like, no, how about I just be around it all the time? Yeah. Be you stronger know, than like, yeah. Let's stay sober at this fucking Coke lab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it let's is. Let's stay dude. sober at this fucking bar. Yeah. yeah. So I went head first into everything. You know, I mean, I was raised by drug dealers. You know, yeah. I was raised by people that were like not just didn't live what other people thought was the best kind of life. But to me, they were the ones who were buying me. Yeah, food making and the shit, bread. Yeah. You know, so I just had a different upbringing, man. And so I had I put everything head on and I don't hide from anything, but the clarity with business, it just made me sharper. It made me understand that my artistry was in its purest form now. Um, so once I did that, it just made me a better father, a better human being as a whole. Everything that I did, man. Um, awesome. And the clarity that it gave me in business was one like no other. I, zero doubts in your mind. The only thing that you're really questioning when it comes to business is how successful you want it to be and at what level because you can rush your success, you know? So, like, I just believe in doing everything organically now. Like, if I just not feel it, I'll just walk away. Like, anything, top to Like, I'll be in a conversation if I feel people just start being negative. Like, I just get up and leave. Yeah. Like, weird yeah. shit. And they're just like, where'd he go? I don't like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, I just cut all negativity out of my life and that positivity that it brought towards business 
was fucking nuts. Game changer. Yeah, so when I started doing like Cleaver, I was like, I joke around saying Cleaver was, you know, Cleaver was was herbs with money. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> there was herbs with I mean, money. Yeah, it's yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice inside, like, yeah. Like but shit, herbs with like, clarity yeah. too. Like, like <laughs> shit works. Yeah. 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 Um, but like herbs is completely rebuilt now and and but with Cleaver it was more so just kind of like the the everything that we had learned over those years you know like we knew how yeah. to actually measure a booth yeah put in flooring yeah. do the electrical right yeah yeah you know uh, but then there was a lot of stuff like a lot of people always look at the pictures that are on the walls but there's like stories behind them right like why is Chris Farley on that wall mm-hmm. well I mean because we all know how Chris Farley died in, in the moments of his greatness. Yeah. So that's like, a, I put that up there to remind me of what I've done in life that I could have ended that way. Yeah. I have, you know, Martha Stewart on the wall. Cause I'm like, that's the definition of like you being able to fuck up and still kind of like come back. Yeah. You know? So like it's every picture has like an individual <laughs> meaning to it is kind of fucking weird. Yeah. But everything, I, I'm a strong believer that just everything kind of has to have, um, a reason for you to believe in it more than others, and yeah. then they'll follow that with you. Of so course. Like, uh, and I think that a lot of people in business, what they'll do is they'll just kind of overstamp their artistry. It's like if you were painting a picture, and I said, yo, draw me a picture, and I came up, and I said, yo, and you're poor. And I, I give you 10 bucks for that picture. I say, yo, if you make a million of them, I'll give you $3. And now you pimped out by the industry, right? So now you make all these pictures and they're, they're, they're not as nice as the first ones and then you devalue yourself opposed to standing back and being like, no, nah, I'm just going yeah, to draw one perfect picture and sell it for a million. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the biggest flaws in the industry for me, and this is just, this is what I stand by and everybody else can do business however they want. Do you in your purest form. Express yourself in your purest form when it comes to business. Let everybody else do what they do best. It's like if you were an artist, everybody begs to get in the industry, and you see it. I want to be, I want to be a, a whatever it is. I want to just want to be in this industry. And say you're an artist, like a singer. I want to, I want that record deal. Like you chase that fucking record deal, and then the record deal comes up, and it's like you don't know no better. You come from the street. You come from nothing. So they offer you this record deal, but it's better than what you got now. So you take this fucking yeah. deal. But yeah. terrible in general, but better than what you have. But at what point in time do you, as the artist, and I feel that this is, has always been my success to sum it all up, is I always looked at them and said, like, you can't sell a fucking record without me. Yeah. And that's what Herbs and Rye is. Like, I just feel like I don't need to sell my artistry for cheap. I don't need to sell myself short, and I don't need to rush it. I build organically how I want to build in my purest form. Yeah. And, and I just kind of don't give a fuck what anybody yeah. thinks. I and just let it grow organically and... I do me in, in my purest form. My team thinks the same way. And if it happens, it happens. And I'm not in a rush to become this multi-billionaire. I'm not in a rush to fail. So I just let everything just go the way it needs to go, man. Love that. Man. Damn, yeah. I fucking love that. Oh, my yeah, God. That, that's success, right? That's, that's My success has never been based on money, man. Exactly. Based that's on the people ex- around me. Exactly. Right. 100%. Like, I, I do everything for the people around me. It's rad, man. Yeah, yeah seriously. Um, honestly, unbelievable story. We think I think we could go on for another two more hours too, but we're serious. I mean, so so what's next though? Before yeah. we get into our last yeah. little uh, segment that we do, what's next I'm for you? Working right now. <laughs> <laughs> that flame grilled Whopper, baby, and get a water so you can get us. Um, you don't have to release too many details, but just a quick little what is one or next two minutes. As far as me, yeah, yeah business goes. Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll play it by ear. I'm really, I'm really just enjoying time with my family right now, and I'm really, I'm really enjoying the fact that, you know, we're open. Yep. 
and were successful. I think with this whole pandemic, there was a silver lining in a lot of it um, to just understand how much we really don't need to be happy. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, like, Absolutely. Uh, just to kind of figure out like we all went crazy for like two weeks because the, the reality of what this world did to us is that it physically made us do what we've been mentally doing for years. Like we go to dinner and I'm on my phone. I've been ignoring people for years. Yeah. Now we physically got to do it and now we don't like it. So I think this has kind of like been the, 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 the rebalance. Um, but push, I, people, push people back to human interaction or wanting it does, at least. You know, like I want to have a conversation with people and I don't want to just sit there and, you know, read tweets and shit like that. Yeah. Like I don't, never did in the first place, but like I know people that like, I'm like, yo, you live your life like yeah. this. So for me, it's just, you know, continue to live with, with clarity and uh, we'll see about expanding and we'll see about doing more projects. But uh, I mean, if it happens, it happens. But no, nah, man, there's really no plan. The plan is to just fucking... Well, if there is, let us break the news, all right? Yeah. You know, you just, just come to us. You if got something, something happens, in the pipeline. you know, it's just like, it, it, it'll just happen. Well, I like it. You know, well, I uh, might walk out tomorrow and see a fucking restaurant for sale and be like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Drunk lady eating tacos, you never know what's going to happen, yeah, man, yeah, you know? You know <laughs> Slanted clams for sale. Yeah. <laughs> you might look at, you, you might like read a story of me like, yo, this motherfucker like moved down to the mountains and started fucking like... Either, Keep it Chopping open, wood and don't do shit no more. You I never know. Love it. I do whatever makes That'd be me rad. happy. I do whatever makes my team happy. That's great. Well, honestly, the story is incredible. We really appreciate you coming on 100%. Oh, thank you for having me, man. Uh, guys, make sure if you are in Vegas or you live in Vegas, you go to Herbs and Rye, you go to Cleaver. They're unbelievable. Check them out. Um, we'll wrap it up with Eat a Drink and Binge It, as we always do. Um, so I will give you a little time to come around too, but it's just recommendations. I think for the Eat It, people would love to hear like what your Vegas recommendations are outside of. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleaver and Herbs and Rye, obviously. But I'll start real quick, too. Um, I eat it. King's Fish House. You ever been there? No. At Green Valley Ranch? Yeah. Dude, is that your eat it? Dude, that's my eat it. I, I just wanted to like, get... Oh, it's my... my like, I just seals. wanted an East Coast feeling, like, fish house style place. And we went there the other day, too. It was actually pretty bomb. Like, tufted leather, all that stuff, too, where you feel like you're kind of on that, like, East Coast vibe. Uh, yeah, yeah me actually, neither. Yeah, honestly, it was really good. Was it bomb? Yeah, it was really good. The menu was great. They have spots in California, Arizona, too. Super good. It's by, like, my side of the town, too. Um, really good, actually. Bomb. Like All it. Right. Recommendations. Nice. All right. Don't, you're looking, I, you're, you're I, gonna I, go I always, I always pass Jeff's it. Eat it, bro. I always pass it. I never go in. Dude, seriously, it's one of those things, and it was slammed. Like, absolutely really? slammed. All right. Yeah. I'm going to try It's it. one of those, like, sometimes you forget to, like, call for reservations or whatever, too. He's like, yeah, I'll just go real quick. And you're like, oh, yeah, sure, 45 minutes. I'm like, the fuck? What? You know who I am? I'm the number one bartender in the country. <laughs> Guy's like, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, this way, me, sir. Follow me. Right, right this way. This yeah. Door. yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, yeah. Take your clams and bye. Yeah. All right, what you eating? What do you got, love? Um, so I just got back from Miami. Super tan right now. Super tan Super right tan now. Super tan going crazy. Um, but I tried um, Venezuelan food for the first time. Okay. So I, the place is called Bocas, which stands for his mouth in Spanish, just, unless you guys knew that. Okay. Uh, but it was really cool. Um, everything was fried and cheesy, which is really interesting. Like they had arepas and they had like this really like cool mixed plate. They had like chorizo, steak, uh, chicken, um, all these diff- three different kinds of cheeses. Uh, so filling, filling meals. Man. Heavy. Heavy. Oh, in, in Miami. In Miami. Bocas Grill, right? Bocas Grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen it on Instagram. Really? Wow. Was, I've seen it all. Yeah. Oh, wow. shit. The shit was dope. And yeah. it was like, the food was incredible. It was awesome. Great. Are there Venezuelan spots in Vegas? I have to check now, but okay. that's like that whole. Not category. like this one, obviously? 
I don't know. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. find out. I'll let you guys know. But yeah, I tried. Okay. It was fire. Okay, yeah, do some research. Do some ethnic research like you always do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got the Asian market on lock already. Yeah, right? exactly. Whatever. All right, what do you got, Drew? Uh, my eat it was, I had a little brunch over the weekend with my family, and uh, my mom brought over these little, uh, they're like mini prepackaged crepes filled with Nutella. They're the, the, it's called La Boulangerie. What'd you call me? Okay. <laughs> La, La Boulangerie. Oh, They're from Costco. Little, uh, little folded crepes stuffed with Nutella. Bro, pop that bitch in the microwave for like six, seven seconds. Oh, you made it a little warm. It's fire. I can't, I'll, okay. I'll take your word for it. They're minis. Look. They're minis. Grab, grab some from Alyssa. I can't eat sure, thank you, bro. She can eat them now. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll go to Costco. Just to, just They're to, fire. They're fire. There's pregnancy oh, yeah, treats. Legumes. Yeah, there's pregnancy treats. So we'll, we'll hook her up for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is big, big moment now. Natalia, what do you got? What's your eating? What's your eating recommendation for anyone in Vegas that's not Herbs and Ryder Cleaver? What do you got? Go to the hood. Okay. And Ooh. go to La Mojarra Loca. Ooh. La Mojarra Loca. Okay. You never been there? Explain. Mojarra Loca, man. It's like all seafood, aguachiles. I have been there. Is this, you been there? Yeah. Sketch. It's sketch. It's <laughs> he said. It's like sketch. Sketch. It's like North Eastside? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly yeah, what you're talking it's about. Like, it's, is it like a restaurant or just like a grab and go little spot? No, no. Or it's a restaurant. Sit down spot? Full out bands, everything. What's it, what's it called? La Mojarra Loca. Loca. Drew's sounding. I'm butchering that. Drew's white sounding it out sure. right now, too. <laughs> Morjara? O-R. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, a more, it's a it's a more Jara? <laughs> Loka? Did you find it? No, no. I just learned <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote it in my notes. Off the set. Been, I'll, I'll attempt that later. <laughs> off the air, I'll look that no, up, too. La Loca, man. It's like legendary. Okay. That's you're the better. You know I like that, too. Yeah, for sure. Wow, it was a good recommendation right now, too. Now I really want to go. By the way, after this whole episode, I'm... Fucking starving. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. For sure. Um, all right, my drink it, drink it, new wine, uh, an- an- Anomaly. Very good. It's a Napa cab. Unbelievable. Had it the other night, too, at Summit Club, actually. Uh, super good. Was turned on to it. Anomaly, the brand is called. So good. Their, their cab, check it out. If you're a wine person, super good. Anomaly. It's hot. Hot wine. What's the price point? Hot wine. Uh, yeah, that's $75. No, no, no. Yeah, nothing, no, crazy. You, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. But really good. Really good. <laughs> It's like a thousand dollar bottle of wine or anything, Jesus. Right. Seventy five dollars a glass. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, I'm, I'm, he, I'm that eight dollar apothic <laughs> red motherfucker, he's like bro. Forty dollar salads and shit. <laughs> no, no, this is. By the way, I didn't pay for this dinner either. Yeah. Bro, he does. He, salads, yeah. wild. You made it. You made it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, we're trying. As long as they're comped. <laughs> <laughs> Retail price. Uh, all right, what do you got? What are you drinking? So like? I learned. I, so I didn't even know that Cleaver and herbs were like based off a cocktail bar. So I'm gonna go to Cleaver. Am I, I'm changing. Well, I'm, my I'm actually going tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go to Cleaver and try the cocktails. I always come because I knew about the food. So I'm gonna go have a cool little cocktail, sit at the bar, and, and try it out. I'm I'm a big cocktail guy now because of these these lounges at the Venetian. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna come check it out. Yeah, so it's a good. similar menu. So when I went to Cleaver, I always get the jalapeno cream corn at Herbs and Rye, mm-hmm. but you don't have it at Cleaver. You have the the Mexican street corn, the street corn, yeah, which yeah. is also fire. Yeah. So I'm yeah. gonna get that tomorrow. Yeah, we need another residency outing. Oh, yeah, 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 there you go, yeah, another yeah, residency yeah. outing. Uh, my drink it is uh, another little brunch thing that we had at my house. Uh, my brother came over and made micheladas. Okay. Okay. So he made it with the uh, Pacifico, the Clamato juice, tahini, chamoy rim, all that shit, lime juice. It was bomb. Uh, my wife has been craving one, and she's pregnant. Obviously, can't drink, so we had to make a, vir- a virgin oh, michelada. How did, you do that? How'd you do that? With zero alcohol, Heineken. Oh. oh. She needed, she needed the whole that's, thing. That's zero what zero. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Strictly for pregnant people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you got <laughs> the beer. Yeah. for pregnant people. Because you got the beer taste. Exactly. So you got the whole thing. It still tastes the same too. Yeah, yeah. They I taste. Think. They taste really good. They ta- honestly, they taste just like yeah. Heineken. They, they did a really good job at it too. But yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, because I feel like you don't drink a michelada to get fucked up. I'm blacked yeah, out. Yeah. Michelada is the flavor. Yeah. I used to. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. That's why we ended up here. Keep them coming, baby. Keep them coming. Um, what? Uh, so, what are you drinking, my man? What can you tell these people to go drink? You know what? Uh, it can be. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be. Yeah, it can be. No, anything. no. I'll tell you right now. Uh, go back to the hood. Okay. okay. Wow. The wow, Broad wow. Acre Swap Me and hit the Agua Fresca stands. Broad Acre Swap Me? Yeah, Agua, Agua Fresca. Right there you go. Hey, that was my drink it yeah, yeah. like two weeks ago. Yeah, like go, go into the center of the Broad Acre Swap Me and they have just rows and rows of straight Agua Frescas. It's, it's fucking phenomenal. Oh, wow. Do you got a favorite little concoction? Where like flavors like watermelon, cucumber. Oh no, they just they just build it for you right there. They press it there. Ooh, oh. So it's like in Harra scoop That's out, you fire. go. That's it. You add tahini. We might have to make a to. trip, baby. <sighs> I'll be there tomorrow. I get there at seven a.m. Damn, bro. Might have to make a trip. Yeah. Um, well, all right, cool. We ended out really quick on binge it because we're a little over on time too. My binge is the Comey rule. Comey rule. If you like political, like thrillers, it's about Jim Comey oh, and that it, whole situation it. of him investigating. Uh, Hillary, and then transitioning into being the FBI director when Trump took president. Crazy. What is it on Netflix? It's on, it on Showtime. 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 Yeah, Showtime. It's crazy. And the act, the uh, actor who plays Donald Trump is like scary on. Spot on? Like scary <laughs> on. Yeah, oh yeah. my God, dude. Yeah, and Jeff Daniels <laughs> is Jim Comey. Oh shit, okay, yeah, I got so it. Super Jeff Daniels good. is dope, yeah. Yeah, super good. And if you, love, if you like like political style movies or shows, this is like perfect thing to do, which I love. House, so, of, Car- House of Cards, fire. Yeah. Fire. It's great. So check this out too. It's not long. It's like literally two episodes. It's just like a really long documentary, look, like but movie style. Really good. Check it out. What do you got? Interesting. Interesting. Um. So I played this movie because I was like, I'm putting it in the background, trying to fall asleep, and I couldn't fall asleep. I got stuck watching this. My octopus teacher on Netflix. Have you guys seen this? That's questionable. So, it seems very Drew of you. So this. Yeah, guy, I no, love no. the trash. That sounds. It's like either trash or kids. So, One of the two. This guy's <laughs> None like, of which apply to this you. This guy's like an award-winning filmmaker, right? Um. And then he goes. He's. He goes into the ocean and like sees this octopus and he's like, all right, I'm gonna go every freaking day. And he goes for like a year, two years, every day filming this octopus and like sees it getting like its arm ripped off and like does this whole thing. It's really interesting and it like it teaches him a bunch of stuff about like life himself and so it's it was, a documentary on one single octopus? It's not it's about like the guy. But like and he went on this long journey about this like octopus. It's really interesting to see. Wow. Watch it. It's crazy. It's like one of those things when you're. I don't, want to, I don't want to tell you the end when because it's, then it's three thirty a.m. and you finish it and you and you, and you turn it and you turn the TV off and you roll your eyes like God damn it! I that's can't exactly believe what I, that I'm here. I played it because I just wanted some background noise and I, I kept like, what just happened? Oh shit! No, that'll probably be one that I'm not checking yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, there's the, at the end. There's like a thing that happened. That's why it's like. Go watch the right. Netflix Octopus, everybody. All right. All right. What do you got, Drew? Uh, I, was this one of yours last week, Ratchet? No? no. Okay. No. Anyway, Ratchet. It's uh, the chick my, from my wife had it on too. Yeah, yeah. So Ratchet. It's it's the chick from American Horror Story. Uh, okay. It's about a nurse. Who, Not my thing. Yeah. It's, it's it's about a crazy nurse who grew up as an orphan with her brother, uh, and they go through this crazy shit. At, at he kills some priests and gets locked up, but he goes to a mental institution. She fakes being a nurse, tries to save him. It's crazy. Watch it. What? Ratchet. And mine was bad. It, no, no. Trust <laughs> me. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Ratchet. Well, well, I, I, I won't even give it away. Yeah. Do you like American Horror Wait. Story and that stuff too? Uh, I mean, we only watch it in October for Halloween. But is it a show or is it a movie? That's a, a show. show. Yeah, yeah, it's a show. Yeah, yeah, it's a show. Yeah. Yeah. Ratchet. Right. What are you binging it, Tyler? To it can be anything. It, book, movie, book, podcast, podcast, anything you're binging that you want to recommend to anybody. Well, I, I rarely, besides the residency I, podcast, obviously. Go. I rarely ever ever watch. TV. Okay. Okay. But um, the other day I watched Inmate Number One. Okay. Danny Trejo's. Oh, Danny Trejo. I love Danny Trejo. Documentary of his life. Okay. What the fuck? Crazy. Wild, huh? It's impeccable. He's an interesting, really interesting guy. What what that guy does for a living, like putting back into his community after what he did prior, 
is just inspirational. It's one of the. It was hands down one of the greatest things I've ever watched. What's it called? Awesome. What's it called? Inmate Number One. I'm gonna watch it. I love. Is it on Netflix or what is it on? It was on, I believe, Hulu. Hulu. Okay. okay. Yeah. We, we have them. Yeah, Danny, we have them all. It's Danny yeah. Trejo's life and like all the way up to like what he's doing now. Like this guy travels. And whatever city he hits, he will go to the prison and do motivational speeches. Oh, my God. I love that. Without anybody booking him. He's the only person that can walk into Folsom Penitentiary without um, without bodyguards saying that he's there. Oh, God. Oh, God. Like the prison like up. Danny Trejo's here. Go get 30 inmates to allow him to speak to them. Wow, that's incredible. Fucking that's crazy, dude. I love that. Cool Fire. Watch that one. Watching that this weekend. I feel like Natalia really killed the eat a drink and binge it this week. Dude. I know, yeah. without knowing, a lot of guests really? come on and are like, fuck, yeah, what yeah, am I really, talking about? We, we like to do it no prep, so it really has to be what, you're, what the first thing in your mind is. Um, guys, thank you for listening to episode 29 in the books. Um, make sure you, again, go check out Herbs Ryan Cleaver if you're, if you're in Vegas or recommended someone Fire. to you. They're incredible. Natalia, thank you so much for no, coming on, man. You man. absolutely killed it. it. Follow us at The Residency Pod on Instagram. Make sure you go listen to us on Apple, Spotify, full video on YouTube. Give us those five stars. Keep this growth going. We'll see you next week.